3: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees. 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.
4: It's the best of the Joe show where we run back the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and this is our preseason. Edition. You know the Dolphins are going to be playing a preseason game in just a few minutes here at 560, the Joe WQAM. I'll explain why this is the preseason edition of the Best of the Joe Show in just a minute. But first, headlines. Josh Rosen is expected to get some snaps with the starters tonight as the Dolphins culminate a week of practicing and scrimmaging in Tampa with an actual preseason game against the Bucks. Of course, you can listen to it right here on 560 The Joe WQAM. Last night in preseason action, the Raiders down number one overall pick, Kyler Murray, and the Cardinals 33 26. The Ravens topped the Packers 26 13. The Jets beat the Falcons 22 10. The Eagles defeated the Jags 24-10 and despite an early touchdown pass from Dwayne Haskins Jr., the Redskins lost to the Bengals 23-13. ESPN is projecting that the Florida Gators will be a breakout team this season due to their strong finish last year and depth. This prediction will be tested immediately when the Gators and the Canes square off next Saturday in Orlando. Behind a six-run fifth and a five-run sixth, the Marlins defeated the Dodgers yesterday here in Miami 13-7. The Fish are back in action tonight in Colorado as they take on the Rockies at 840. Bryce Harper hit a walk-off grand slam last night to lift the Phillies over the Cubs 7-5. The win yesterday also completed a three-game sweep of Philadelphia over Chicago. University of Louisiana Lafayette head football coach Bill Napier recently told his team that it was, quote unquote, mandatory to spend the minimum of $50 to join the school's booster club to show gratitude. The university later clarified Napier's statement, claiming that he meant strongly encouraged. Ah, uh, now it's time to step into the day spa. California couple has coordinated matching outfits for 68 years of marriage. The couple says it started in junior high when they received matching shirts as a gift. The couple claims that wearing the same attire for years has made their marriage stronger. The Storm Area 51 founder, you know what he's done? He has turned the would-be raid into a could-be music festival. Alien stock is scheduled to take place September 19th through 22nd near Area 51 in Rachel, Arizona. No acts have yet to be announced. To celebrate their 300th anniversary as a principality, Liechtenstein threw a party yesterday where citizens drank beer with Prince Hans Adams II. That's what you call getting down with. And this one might help you if you go to the beach this weekend, British researchers have evidence that staring at seagulls can stop them from stealing your food. Let's go on to the weather now, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for scattered thunderstorms with temperatures in the 80s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, Come win your share of $350,000 in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HylioPark.com for more info. Told you this is the preseason edition of the Best of the Joe Show because it seems like all of our hosts were on the bench today. But we played with what we had also. With it being preseason, it's all about the quarterbacks. First up, the Joe Rose Show. Zach Kranz was in the house. He had my man Brian Monroe. I call him B. Monroe. Subbing in or playing for Joe Rose. And they were talking with ProFootballTalk.com's Mike Florio, of course, all about quarterback sliding, not just for baseball anymore. Rookie quarterback rundowns, breaking out the red flags, the luck of luck, what Dak deserves, and maybe should there be more South Florida love in the Hall of Fame.
2: Mike, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing great. Hey, how are you guys? We're doing good. good. We're doing good. We're in the midst of, obviously, uh, preseason. Last night, I saw a couple games last night. Um, I saw the top uh, story on profootballtalk.com just now because I thought it was amazing last night. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, great run last night. I was called back. I know there's a penalty on that anyway, but he uh, he is dynamic. But Aaron Rodgers wants him to slide more, huh? That's the advice he's giving him?
5: Well, yeah, get down. I mean, that's smart. You have to be very prudent in what you do with your body in relation to the other bodies on the football field. Aaron Rodgers, one of the masters I think of running to the spots where the other guys aren't and taking advantage of those big areas of green and getting out of bounds and avoiding getting hit. It's a basic matter of physics, guys. The more you get hit, the more likely something on you is going to break. So If Lamar Jackson is going to play this style of run the ball a lot more than most quarterbacks do, he's got to know when to hit the ground. It's very good advice. Now, it's one thing to give that advice. It's another thing for the person to heed the advice. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks over the years who went and and out there, the competitive juices take over. They want to show that they – that they're tough and they they, they, they just they just want to win and they want that extra yard and they put themselves in bad spots
6: it's funny I always tell guys you if you're a running quarterback you want to be more like Russell Wilson that runs to throw instead of rg3 that runs to run because your your expectancy and the length that you're going to play right. this game is gonna last so much more if you can get out of bounds or just get down.
5: I agree with that completely, but there's a fundamental difference between a guy like RG3 and a guy like Russell Wilson. And I've, I've said this to Russell Wilson before, and I think he was kind of taken aback. People compare him to Fran and I compare him to Barry Sanders because when he wow. runs, he has an instinct where as the hit is coming, because he takes hits, but with Barry Sanders, it was always he turned the right way, he absorbed the contact, you never saw him take a big hit, you never saw him take a square hit, and Russell Wilson is very adept and making sure that when that hit is coming, he never takes the big hit. And, and uh, you know, look, we, we it, I think that's one of the reasons why quarterbacks end up getting injured. They either don't know how to avoid contact or they don't know how to properly absorb contact and they get a little too reckless, and they do stupid things, like Jimmy Garoppolo last year when right. he decided that he was going to cut back inside and drop a shoulder, and he tore his ACL in the process. You, you have to be smart, and you have to be – there's a selfishness to it where your ego takes over, and it puts the team's best interest behind uh, your interest in going out and having that spectacular play and proving that you're, you know, you're physically dominant. And, and I know that football is conducive to that, but quarterbacks need to know how to avoid that, that temptation.
2: Mike, uh, two rookie quarterbacks on TV last night. You got to see Haskins and then uh, some more of Kyler Murray. What would you think of both guys? And uh, I guess with Kyler Murray, we already know he's going to be the starter there. How long until Haskins becomes, uh, you think, the guy in Washington?
5: Hey, let me tell you, last night it was funny. I was watching the game with some friends of mine, and we were joking about Fred Henley looking significantly better than Kyler Murray. But that, that competition's already been resolved. Murray had his welcome to the NFL moment last night. He looked rough. He looked unpolished. He never really got going. I think they kept him in another drive or two beyond what they wanted to do just to just so he could have something positive to try to take away from the game, and he ultimately did He had two sacks. There was a safety. He got called twice for a false start because of the way he was clapping prior to the snap. So it was just a rough night for him. And the flip side, Dwayne Haskins, I think, looked really good. He had a long pass for a touchdown. He showed some of his mobility. People think that he has no mobility because he's not a runner. He still has mobility like Ben Roethlisberger behind the line of scrimmage, and I, I think that you know they got a tough stretch to start the season in Washington. They have some great defenses they're going to face, so I'd say middle of the season, week four, week seven, somewhere in that window is when Haskins ends up ascending. But uh, the thing about Washington, they're always they're always a team you can count on to screw up whatever situation they're expected to handle. So basically, <laughs> whatever they do, they'll probably do the wrong thing. Right. Right.
6: Yeah, you know that you talked about the clapping and I know they're bringing in a new offense and referees are trying to get adjusted to it. Now I know one of the biggest rules coming into this year was the pass interference and be able to throw the flag. I think they've thrown it 15 times and maybe overturned twice. You know, what's the buzz coming out of the teams and the coaches? What are they telling you how they feel right now and how the referees are gauging this new rule?
5: Well, it's funny. Coaches say they want to throw the red flag as often as they can so they can understand the contours of this rule, but they're averaging about one challenge a game. Last night there were five challenges thrown, and actually four of them were only initiated by the uh, the coaches, I believe. Uh, and uh, I-, I want to see this more. I want to see what the-, the league office does by way of applying this standard. And I have concerns about it because it's still a subjective decision and I don't like the frame-by-frame replay review by Al Riveron, slow motion. It looked, and there was, a, there was one last night in the Eagles-Jaguars game where there was no interference called in real time. Doug Peterson, the coach of the Eagles, threw the flag, and it was overturned, and defensive pass interference was called. And you could see there was a pulling of the jersey, but did it really significantly hinder the receiver? Is it really something that clears the bar to get the, the, the flag thrown I mean, think about the power that Al Riveron has. He threw a 33-yard penalty from, you know, his lair at 345 Park Avenue (laughs) last week in the Jets-Giants game. And I think one of the next steps is if they keep this replay review for pass interference, I think they're going to go to 15 yards for defensive pass interference because it's just too much field position for one man to be responsible for. But I'm suggesting that the standard, you know, we hear 50 drunks in the bar is the standard for replay review. for for overturning and ruling on the field. I think for pass interference, it needs to be, what the hell? That needs to be the standard. That when you see it, you instantly say, what the hell? Why did they not throw a flag there? And I think anything less than that, you defer to the judgment of the officials and you don't drop a flag.
2: All right, I got to ask you about someone I believe every year I ask you about uh, and what the what do you think is going to happen with him, Andrew Luck. Again, uh, you know, another injury or something that that's going to hold him out for the rest of preseason more than likely. Um, what's the deal with Andrew Luck? Like, it, I mean, I understand, you know, he, coming off some major stuff that happened with him, but this is just the kind of guy that's got all this potential, but just can he not stay on the field? I don't understand it anymore.
5: You know, in a weird sort of way, I, I, I joke that this is the curse of Deflategate because – What we saw from him uh, since that game where the Colts instigated the eventual four-game suspension of Tom Brady, we saw Andrew Luck for seven games in 2015, 15 games in 2016, zero games in 2017, full season last year, and he was spectacular. But now he's got this calf strain that became a small bone issue, that became a high ankle issue. And I know the latest word from ESPN is the Colts are guardedly optimistic that He'll be ready to go for week one. That conflicts with everything else we've seen and heard, and at some point, if you're the Colts, you got to ask yourself, you know, what's going on here? Is this guy durable? Did, what, what do we need to do with Andrew Luck? And if Jacoby Brissett would play the bulk of this season, and we're getting ahead of our, ourselves here, but we don't that ever stopped us. If he had a really good season, what do you do with Jacoby Brissett next year? Do you franchise tag him? They definitely have the cap space to do it. Um, and when you just have these question marks about Andrew Luck who turns 30 next month, he's not going to get more durable as he gets older. It really is a, a, a strange situation because he is a giant and maybe he thinks that he's indestructible almost like a cam newton type of a figure but he he has these injuries these weird injuries that that just keep popping up different body parts and uh it's fair to ask whether or not he truly is a durable nfl quarterback
2: it's amazing right andrew luck all that potential all that you
6: suck for luck and what does what right, it got you you right. know that would have been that would have been the, been the dolphins suck. uh <laughs> suck with luck. Yeah, now
2: you're he's, sucking with luck. Right, exactly.
5: Right. Here's the thing. They, they, they have not been bad when luck is healthy. They were playoff teams the right. first three years, 2012, 2013, 2014. They made it to the AFC Championship game, but then it kind of fell apart. And last year they were surprisingly great. They made it to the Final Eight, but well, he's got to be healthy. Well, we and all, he has not been that transcendent guy that, that everyone thought he was going to be because of health issues.
6: We always say though, the best ability is availability. And right now, he hasn't been available. He right, can't right. stay in the field. you Another-
5: cannot be a franchise quarterback if you can't play. Right. You know,
6: look, look at look
5: at Tom Brady. He missed out one season cuz he got hit low by Bernard Pollard. He's always available to play. Peyton Manning, other than the year with the neck injury, always available to play. Find a way to play. And you take that for granted when you have a quarterback. That's why Dak Prescott is worth as much money as he's looking for. And it's not $40 million, That was fake news. But it's more than thirty, and he's worth it. He hasn't missed a game in three years, and nobody ever says boo about it because you don't notice it when the guy shows up and plays. It's only a problem when he's not playing. And, and, and teams need to appreciate and compensate the quarterbacks who always find a way to keep themselves healthy.
6: So do you think Dak deserves to be paid more than Carson Wentz, who's been injured but shows more potential as a franchise quarterback?
5: I, I think that I think what Dak deserves is this. He deserves the Jimmy Garoppolo contract right now, which means tear up the $2 million that's left on his current contract and give him a five-year, $27.5 billion deal as of right now. That translates to $33.8 million in new money which is more than Carson Wentz in, in terms of new money. New money is a very misleading calculation. It makes the deal look better, so the agents like to put that number out there. I just say, forget about what's left on this contract. Here, Dak, it's five years, $27.5 million per year, and yeah, it's $33.8 million in new money. That doesn't matter. You're getting your big raise now. You're getting your money now. You deserve it. You're, you're the quarterback of this team indefinitely. And and I think that he's really starting to come into his own. What encouraged me was the Rams game in the playoffs when Zeke was bottled up for 47 yards on 20 carries. Dak still had a great game, and, and usually it takes a great running performance from Elliott before Dak Prescott can can play well I think we're getting to the point where we're going to start seeing more and more great performances from Dak regardless of what the running game does
2: Uh, are you the one who found the helmet for Antonio Brown did you help him out or what what do you think happened there I I did not find that helmet
5: but but I was an unwitting participant in making Brown aware of the loophole that has, has allowed him to go out and find a shut air advantage Helmet that is less than ten years old with a compass in the top and clock and this thing that tells time. I mean, it's just a specific, unique helmet you have to find. And uh, eventually, if he gets it recertified, reconditioned, he's going to be able to wear it. He's going to get his way, and uh, they, the NFL is probably not happy about it because they right. exposed that that one little that one little gap, and he found it, and he's found the helmets, and once they're cleared and ready to go, he'll be able to wear them. And I'll tell you what, he looked good last night in pregame warm-ups, and if those feet are healthy, uh, and if Derek Carr can deliver the ball accurately, I think Antonio Brown is going to be everything the Raiders expected him to be. Hey,
6: it's better than being the guy that recommended his chef for Pro Bowl, right? Right. That's it. That's, <laughs> yes. it. That's, it. That's right. Mike, hey, you, you, know, been...
5: how do you how do How do people afford expensive things like that? The easier
2: answer is you don't pay. Right. You can afford anything if you don't pay. That's right. I'll go get a Maserati right now right i'm not gonna now. give a dollar <laughs> Yeah, one dollar down and i'll, I'll, I'll drive <laughs> off mike uh, um it, with antonio brown and and i know that you've you've seen and covered uh about a million different storylines since uh pro football talk came to existence even before that when you were doing all kinds of stuff have you ever seen a story like this with all like the helmet gate the foot gate everything about him hard knocks now with the cameras there who are not showing much like like is this the craziest kind of storylines around one player you've seen
5: it's funny. We did a draft on TFC Live earlier this week. We tried to do a draft every day just to set the – you know, it's a fun way to set up a discussion. But we looked at the craziest off storylines. And, and this one seems crazy because it's happening now, and it does have two different things converging. And it was stunning last week when it goes from the frostbitten feet, and it just pivots in the direction of the helmet – but there have been some crazy off-field stories. I mean, yeah, the Mike Vick dogfighting, You got Aaron Hernandez killing right. people. There have been plenty of crazy and far more serious off-field storylines than this one. But this is strange because of the second element that just popped up out of the blue last Friday. And uh, reportedly, he was threatening to retire if he didn't get to wear his helmet. And he denies that now. But, but I think that threat was, was made. Whether he meant it is a different thing. But he wants his way. For now, he's found a way to get his way. And uh, either way, I, I think that if if uh, if those feet are healed, he's going to be a really good player for the Raiders this year.
6: So we just had the uh, the Hall of Fame enshrinement, in, in and next year we have an expanded field. Is this the year that we can finally see some South Florida fa- uh, flavor get in? I know Dolphins fans want Zach T- uh, Thomason. I know Hurricanes fans want Otis Anderson and Edron James in. With this expanded field, do we see in these South Florida guys finally get into the hall of fame
5: well here's the thing to remember the expanded field only relates to contributors coaches and guys who have been out of football for more than 25 years the five member modern era class is still the same as it's always been and this 15 member extra class it's controversial because the way they're trying to set it up is once they identify the 15 candidates 10 senior players two coaches and three contributors, they're going to be voted on up or down, all or nothing. And there's a lot of voters who are rumbling about that because they want to have the ability to go person by person, as they should. Because you could say, you know, there's a concern that there's a political effort at play, and I, I would not be shocked if this were the case, to wedge Paul Tagliabu into that group of 15. Mm. So he's guaranteed a, a spot because he's failed multiple times to get in. And I think the current commissioner knows he's never getting into Canton if Tagliabu doesn't get in. And as it currently stands on his own merit, Boo's never getting in. Dang.
2: Interesting stuff. Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com. You hear him here every Friday on the Joe Rose Show. Mike, thank you as always. We'll talk to you again next week.
5: All right, guys. Have a
2: great day. Thank you. Right. The
4: Joe Rose Show will be back strong Monday from 6 to 10 a.m. right here and have plenty more good stuff for you. Someone else on the bench this day? Stephen A. Smith. Luckily, Michael Eves filled in for him And he's in preseason form next, here on the Best of the Joe Show. Back with the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of that audio that you have heard over the past 24 hours. Only the best for you, even though it is the preseason edition. We got backups in, talking quarterbacks. It's preseason. What else did you expect? Stephen A. Smith, you can hear him from 1 to 3 right here. Today, he was off, I guess. Getting into that preseason action, Michael Eaves fills in and keeps the theme going. Lamar Jackson, let the man live. Kyler Murray is a big deal. There's a Rex Ryan sighting. He even throws in some Sam Darnold info for you.
7: First thing we have to talk about is what we saw last night, NFL preseason games, from certain quarterbacks, okay? I'm going to start with some of the good. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson may be the most exciting player the NFL has seen since Michael Vick. Now granted, we've had some other guys come in the league and Dazzle us was this and show off on this. Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack defensively. Other guys, you know, on the other side of the ball carrying the ball. Great. Todd Gurley, Zico Elliott. Like, and we've had some very talented guys, right? Lamar Jackson may be the most talented, most exciting player from a unique package standpoint that we've seen since Michael Vick. Did you see what he did last night? Now granted, the play did not count because it got called back on a flag, but everyone saw what happened. And it was very reminiscent of the play when he was in college at Louisville against Syracuse that eventually catapulted his Heisman campaign and led him to taking home the hardware. He jumped over a dude. First, he juked a dude. Then he jumped over a dude and scored a touchdown. Again, it got called back. But nonetheless, the athleticism that he displays on a regular basis is ridiculous. And again, I believe he's the most exciting player we've had in this league since Michael Vick. Here's a problem, though. Y'all won't let Lamar Jackson live. When the conversation about Lamar Jackson is had, so many people want to talk about well he's not a good thrower, he he runs too much, blah 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 blah. Just let the man live. He took this team to the playoffs last year. He came in subbing out a guy who won a Super Bowl at the quarterback position with this very team and Joe Flacco that was struggling at the time. Lamar Jackson comes in and what do they do? They go to the they go to the playoffs. But everyone looks at Lamar Jackson like he can't do this, he can't. Why are we focusing so much on what the man can't do or hasn't shown yet at this level? He just started last season. Let the man live and just enjoy what he's bringing to you. I mean, if you're a Ravens fan and he took you to the playoffs last year, you have to feel some level of confidence that that's going to happen again, right? The question you may have from a concern standpoint, and I get this part, he runs too much so he's going to get hurt. Fair question to have to ask for Coach Harbaugh are you running him too much? Now, he set a record last year for most rushes by NFL quarterback, right? And all the talk in Baltimore like, we're going to chill on that a little bit. It's not going to be as much this year. But when he does run, look how exciting it is. It's production that the offense needs, so why are you tripping? Let the man live. If this is how he plays, this is how he plays. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But If this is effective and defensive coordinators are looking at this Ravens offense like, man, what are we going to do with Lamar Jackson if he starts to run, right? That's a problem. But stop focusing focusing so much on what certain players can't do at certain positions and look at what they can do and what they are doing. If you're an NFL fan, why do you not want Lamar Jackson out there running the ball? Did you see what he did last night? He jumped over a dude. Again, he did in college. I mean, even after the game, of course, they played the uh, Packers, and Aaron Rodgers went up to uh, Lamar Jackson, I love watching you play, man. That was pretty spectacular. Aaron Rodgers, MVP Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl champion Aaron Rodgers, enjoys watching Lamar Jackson play. Now, he did say at the end, slide a little bit, and that is good advice clearly because even if Lamar Jackson is going to run, he can't be trying to juke out every dude. He can't be trying to run some guys over. If he continues jumping over them, I'm here for that, though. But you do have to protect yourself as a quarterback based on the value that you have to your team. Clearly, Lamar Jackson understands that. But what makes great players great, besides work ethic, talent, ability, all those things, usually is also instinct. How do you play that position? What are you doing at that moment that distinguishes you as special? Okay, for Lamar Jackson, at times it is running. Now, maybe they won't have as many design run plays for Lamar Jackson. But as he said last night, it was a four man rush. They gave him a lane and he took it. Any good quarterback would do that if there's no one to throw the ball to. But if you get Lamar Jackson in open field, that's a nightmare for opposing defenses. You ask anyone who's ever played defense, ask Ryan Clark, ask Teddy Bruschi. The last thing they want to do is chase down a dude like Lamar Jackson. So again, let the man live. If this is how he becomes effective at this position, if, if this is how he continues to get the Ravens in the playoffs, then that's what's gonna happen. I'm not saying, you know, John Harbaugh's gotta have 15 design run plays for Lamar Jackson. That's probably not a good idea, but if he takes off when the opportunity presents itself, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, Harbaugh said he probably won't run as much. Relax, I take it back. It was team owner Steve Biscotti who said that. he's said he's got to run as much this year. John Harbaugh's like, I don't know about that. Brian Billick, former NFL head coach, was on Golic and Wingo uh, earlier this morning here on ESPN Radio, and this was what he said in terms of what you can expect from Lamar Jackson this season. It's
5: not so much what they're doing or the plays
2: that they're running. It is the total commitment that the Ravens now have in willing to let their quarterback run maybe on a pace like we have never seen before in the NFL. I'm talking about, you know, in 2017 Cam Newton ran the ball 139 times and we thought that, you know, that's unheard of. We're talking 180,
5: 190, maybe 200 carries on the year for Lamar Jackson.
7: 200 carries? Now he had 147 last year. That was the NFL single season record which broke Cam Newton's mark that Brian Belger referred to. 147. Now again, he didn't start the entire season as a starter right remember he came in and replaced with joe flacco and he got to 147 so because of that brian Billick's like all right if he did 147 last year he's probably gonna get more because he's gonna start from the beginning i don't know if 200 is a number or not all i know is this he will be most effective if the threat of the run is always there okay if he is a threat to run that changes the entire dynamic of the defense if he is a threat to run maybe it will improve his passing numbers but either way Stop focusing on what this man can't do in your eyes or the old NFL establishment's eyes and pay attention to what he can do. And clearly the Ravens understand his value because where they drafted him and they were the ones who benched Joe Flacco in favor of Lamar Jackson. So they understand the value that he brings as opposed to looking at the things he doesn't, okay? Let the man live. And if living requires him to run, maybe it's 200 times this season, then it's going to happen. But I will say, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely right, Lamar. you got to slide a little bit, just a little bit. Let's go to Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Number one overall pick, speaking of a team seeing value in someone and making moves to put them as the focal point of their team, drafted him number one after just taking Josh Rosen the year before out of UCLA. They moved him out to make Kyler Murray the undisputed starter of this team. Now, he had some issues last night. Um, Two false starts in the first quarter based on his cadence and clapping. Okay, now clearly that is a point of emphasis for the NFL because you don't really see those plays called that often. I mean, we've seen a few through the years, handful here or there. Drew Brees has gotten flagged for it, Aaron Rodgers has gotten flagged for it, but also he's a rookie. So you have certain referees who have not seen Kyler Murray play before, and he's adjusting to a new level of competition, a new offense, all these things. So these are things that work out they work out themselves in the preseason. All right. So I'm not gonna get too caught up. The thing with the hands and clapping. I'm not. Because that's, that's a minor adjustment, okay? That's just about awareness and everyone getting familiar with what's happening. And even Kyler Murray said, and I agree with him here, it's, it's the defensive responsibility to watch the ball, not watch me. Again, he don't think it's a big deal. Cliff Kingsbury probably didn't think it's a big deal. But what is a big deal is how Kyler Murray is coming along in this offense. Again, you have to give this team a break because everything is new, right? New coach, new system, new quarterback. All right, so you have this mutual respect and affinity between Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, pardon me, and Kyler Murray. So clearly, they are all in on what's happening, but it is new for everyone involved. So Kingsbury could have an offense. Look at Kyler Murray from a distance back when he was in college and think about how it's going to play out. But once you get him in the huddle and get him in the, on the sidelines of the practice field, blah blah blah, trying to implement this stuff, it's going to take time. Okay, the issue though is how much time will you give? Not Kyler Murray, but Cliff Kingsbury's new offense. If you are a Cardinals fan, clearly one season, fine, da-da-da. But if it doesn't pan out after next year, are you like, this is over, this is bad, this is a bad move? If you're going to be invested, as the team clearly is in Kingsbury, based on what they did to get him and Kyler Murray, what they did to draft him number one overall and then move out Josh Rosen, you have to give them time, right? Yes. But are you concerned about what you've seen so far? He was what? Three for eight last night, his second preseason game, just twelve yards. He did have a, a run short run, I think like four or five yards or something. Have you seen enough of him to have a better idea of what you're gonna get from him long term if you are a Cardinals fan? Now Rex Ryan was on get up earlier this morning and he had some pretty good criticism of this Cardinals offense. And in Rex's mind, uh you you see what you see right now, you're gonna see that all season long.
2: Kingsbury says, wait till week one. Oh, I can't wait to see week one why
0: what will week one look like that'll be different from last night
2: nothing they're gonna get they're gonna get whipped week that's the one. problem look this guy everybody talks about this great offense and all that yeah if you like if it's fantasy football and you want points and 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 you know hey yardage that's great how about wins all right kingsbury let's face it had the best player in our league he was 13 and 16 with pat mahomes a quarterback in college how about you worry about
7: wins worry about wins that's what matters for quarterbacks right Quarterbacks are judged in the immediacy by their wins, not their yards, not their touchdowns. That just adds to the resume for greatest of all time conversations or Hall of Fame conversations. In the immediacy, right now, it's about wins. But the expectation that the Cardinals are going to come out the box racking up a bunch of W's to me is absurd. Like, what would make you think that? New team, new coach, new quarterback. It's not about wins and losses right now for this team. That's going to take time. But it is about the development of this offense to say this is a viable option in the NFL. Can it work? So if you are a Cardinals fan, where is this expectation you have that this thing is going to work with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray based on what you've seen the first two preseason games? Again, preseason games. It's new, but still, every little glimpse you have tells you something. What are you being told as a Cardinals fan of this team right now? Sam Darnold for the Jets. Look, when he came out of high school, he was supposed to be legit, okay? And in the short spell that he was at USC, he showed everyone in the NFL everything they needed to see to say that this guy will be good at this level. And what he's shown you so far in the preseason, if you're a Jets fan, you have to be as hyped as you have been in quite some time about that position. He has the build, he has the arm, he has the eyes, he has the awareness. He has the understanding of the offense. He has everything that you would want right now in an NFL quarterback. If he could be a little more nimble in terms of running and getting out of way, sure. He's not a bad athlete by any means, right? You don't expect him to be Lamar Jackson out there. You don't want to be Dan Marino. And he's not close to Dan Marino in terms of inability to move around. He can move around. He can avoid hits. He can find spots in the pocket to step up and make passes. He has that. But if you're the Jets fan base and you see this quarterback and what you have are you looking at the rest of your team as like, uh, yeah, this is it. This is what we got. We're good to go. Is that what you're looking for? Or are you saying like, man, if we only had blank, we could be so much better? Because you have the quarterback right now. And if you're a Jets fan, I can't remember the last time you could be this excited about your quarterback. Maybe when Mark Sanchez first came in, you had a little bit of success. You were like, oh, okay, this is going to work. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now with Sam Darnold, in terms of what he did, I mean, just look at the first series, right? Boom, boom, boom. You're good. Like, whoa. That just happened because Sam Darnold is that good. But if you're looking at the entire season, do you feel as if you have everything on that roster that can put the Jets in a position to go to the playoffs? For the second straight week, Sam Darnold opens the game with a touchdown drive. Right out the bump, boom, we're gone. you got to be hyped if you're a Jets fan. But do you also have this doubt in your mind that you have everything you need in order to get to the playoffs again? You have the quarterback. Do you have everything else? Oh, man, we got Le'Veon Bell. Boom, solid. Now you got a running game behind you. What about receivers? What about your defense? What about your special teams? Are you feeling that good about it? Or, because your quarterback looks so good right now, Jets fan, you are talking yourself into some bad expectations. I don't know what it's like to be a Jets fan. I don't know what it's like to be a fan who's gone through, well, let me rephrase that. I was about to say, I don't know what it's like to be a fan who's gone through a long period of dismay and disarray the way the Jets have recently let me amend that because I'm from Kentucky and I went to University of Kentucky and our football team up until last year uh we didn't really have that kind of good run but what Stoops did last year yes I'm all about it 10 wins boom 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 is that how Jets fans feel right now that they're going to be in the playoffs They, they may even challenge for the division crown are you a Jets fan feeling that right now because of your quarterback Sam Darnold
4: that's it. More preseason action from the Stephen A. Smith Show. I am Dan Day. Won't you give me a follow at Dan Day Radio and at 560 WQAM. Up next, another Dan going to be taking the reins. The Dan Levitard Show here on the Best of the Joe Show. The best of the Joe show, playing back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Dan Lebitard, another one of our preseason casualties. He is on the bench today, but luckily Izzy Gutierrez and Randy Scott stepped in, keeping once again the theme going. Hot and cold in and out on Kyler Murray, hot and cold in and out on the Raiders, and Cliff Kingsbury, hot or not? I got excited about this football game last night. Like, they were pumping it up,
0: and they'd do everything right. There was somebody talking to Antonio Brown, even though he wasn't playing. I was excited to hear that. I wanted to see Kyler Murray. I'm out on Kyler Murray. I wanted to see Kyler Murray. I wanted to see even Derek Carr play and throw to people that are not Antonio Brown. I was hyped up for about five minutes there.
1: So what does it take for you to be out on someone? Just one bad preseason performance? Because you were in on Kyler yesterday.
0: I was in based on possibilities and highlights from game one. Yeah. But I'm out now. You're out. I'm out, and I'll tell you why. Whenever uh, Randy
3: Scott.
1: Oh yeah, football.
3: Uh, Are you guys as excited about Raider football? Are the Raiders like
1: back?
6: Oh
3: God!
1: I mean, really? (laughs) I mean, what? (laughs) Seriously? I (laughs) I mean, preseason football. Are the
0: Raiders
6: for
3: real?
0: Is back? Is that what you're asking?
3: Starting caliber quarterbacks on the roster. I don't know. I don't know. Quarterback controversy? Maybe. I don't know. You're a Raider fan. You buying the hype now, Randy? I bought in last year, and then and then last year unfolded. So I I'm I feel a little skittish to to jump in but I I loved seeing you know Antonio I honestly to me the most exciting thing was what happened aside from the game that Antonio Brown was running his feet look good has a helmet that fits I mean we're checking boxes left and right we're ready for week his one cleats
0: look good you didn't yeah. actually see yeah. his feet they I, probably I still to. look terrible
3: I don't need to see his feet I'm not a and it's no slight against foot folks people who are into that sort of thing that's fine I feel like the
0: biggest accomplishment for Antonio Brown is how terrified John Gruden is to say anything to offend him. It's pretty crazy. He's just reached the status of because you know John Gruden behind the behind the scenes is like you know just not thrilled with how this has gone on, and he's given that a little bit to the media. <laughs> Didn't but he over, do some of that in uh, in hard knocks. No, like, I mean he kind of said my receiver. He says it's been a weird week, and he kind of kept making jokes about where's our guy at. But he is just so. Obviously scared to say anything that's going to really make Antonio Brown I was laughing so hard when he said, yeah, we've weathered a storm. It's week two of the preseason, and Antonio (laughs) Brown has created a storm that you had to weather.
3: Yeah, that's pretty much how it's been. Have you guys played that Gruden sound where he flirts with going full honesty on Brown, but then he just sort of walks himself back from the ledge?
0: I mean, we went to nose hairs in the first segment. We really didn't have time for Gruden sound, but feel free to let us know which sound that is.
3: It's I believe it's that first cut, Billy, that you sent where he's just talking about having AB back with the team. Yeah, give me a second there. A I'm not fill, sure. A I'm not sure if it's that or I'm not sure if it's there are two cuts. And honestly, yeah. it's Gruden
1: so they're both It's the there. second cut he sent. That's what it's screwed me. It's the second, second up. one? Okay. Hell
4: yeah, that was encouraging and yeah, it's great to have him back. You know, it's been a strange strange couple weeks with uh, frostbite and uh, the helmet grievance. Can't say that that's that's common, and at least in my history in this league. But uh, we've weathered the storm. It's great to see him out there with his teammates. He appears to be in great spirits. And he appears like he's ready to get going here. So that's Antonio Brown. We're excited about him. I'm excited about him. I could care less what anybody else says. I'm excited.
0: That's right. He created a Sharknado for them in a very unusual <laughs> storm in the preseason.
1: It's like, it's like
3: distraction Mad Libs, where you just take a name, it's Antonio Brown, and then the first blank, and you're like, I don't know, Frostbite. And then uh, Antonio Brown, Frostbite, and and then the second blank, Helmet Grievance. <laughs> <laughs> I can't That's, say I've seen that in my well, that really life. That really is funny.
6: It would be just as ridiculous if he's like, Pizza Pie, <laughs> Injury. <laughs> I like that he says I don't know that this is common, at least not in my experience. As if maybe it you is know. common, and there has been a foot helmet combination in the past that uh, we just don't know about.
0: All those years that I was in the booth, I wasn't really paying close attention. I don't know if this is a regular thing now, but in my experience, <laughs> not common.
3: Yeah, I don't have much experience in like the NFC West, but maybe this is what they do. Maybe this is what they do. What
0: would you think of uh, Kyler Murray? There, I am. Applaud- I'm sorry, you were you were asleep by three hours
3: by the time. No, the game but started, we had right? it on Sports Center. Oh, like, I, I I applaud this like. Just devout belief from both Kyler and, and Kingsbury, where it's like, "Oh, it's fine. Everything is fine. We're not showing any of our real offense." They're like, they're laughing it off. Kingsbury is even trying to tell NFL referees what is and is not false starts, and it's like, "Buddy, you've been here twenty minutes. Why don't you take a seat?"
0: Yeah, the snap clap situation—it's ridiculous. And and one more thing, like I got plenty on the Cardinals, but we talked about this before the show. Uh, I think okay. it was Chris and myself, um, Cliff Kingsbury. Is he losing the look a little bit? Has he lost some of the smoothness a little bit in his transition the, to the NFL?
3: We've we've talked about that. I'm glad. I'm glad we're. I'm glad we're digging in on this because we've be, we've talked about it as well. Was he ever as handsome as he's made out to be? Is he graded on this head coach curve?
0: I think the distance between being the quarterback and being the coach now is too, you know it's too it's too long. I think he lost a little bit of that coolness. That came with being the former quarterback coach, and now he's just a little bit more veteran. And I don't know if, like, the no beard thing works for him. I'm not no, sure. here's the biggest problem. Hmm.
1: He's playing in a dome. No sun. sun. No sun, which that. means no sunglasses. Hmm. And the Cliff Kingsbury we're accustomed to is outside in Lubbock, Texas, glaring into the sun with cool pair of shades on.
0: True. That's when you miss- mistake him for Ryan Gosling with the shades on. You All mistake right.
1: him?
3: Ugh. I, like again, are we grading on like a you know, middle of nowhere Texas curve? No. Like I just I don't under I don't No, he's a
1: handsome man. Why can't you why can't you wrap your brain around that? He he's he's a he's got a cool vibe. Now, the only what? way he loses that cool vibe is if they have a season like last season and he doesn't change anything or their offense looks like it did last night, which has everyone now sort of scared of Kyler Murray. Or
0: if your only complaints or your only real contributions for week two of the preseason is complaining about your quarterback's clapping, I think you lose a little bit of cool factor right there too.
3: Well, I th- oh, man, I, I one thing for for Murray that I think was maybe a little eye opening was NFL speed on the defensive line. Like you saw a couple of plays where I think he thought, "Hey, I of all my life I've been able to run away from the larger people." who are, who are, you know, paid to t- to bring me down and paid to chase me down. And speed has never been a problem. He's been able to buy time doing that. And I saw it on that first series with Cleveland Farrell chasing him stride for stride, right rookie, with this right? guy. Yeah. The rookie out of Clemson, who the Raiders drafted way too early and way too high. But at least for a series, it was like, no, 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 you're not running away from guys
1: at this level yeah he played himself into a safety trying to spin out of something foolishly cost Mm -hmm. his team two points i i think i'm ready to mount some sort of charge here on
3: this hill of coach cool not being as handsome as everybody thinks he is
0: well I'll definitely stand on a hill about the uh about the cardinals so we get into a little bit more
1: their their buzz took a hit i think a quarterback needs to stand on a hill because he looks small (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) football
4: i see what you did there That'll do it for this preseason edition of the Best of the Joe Show. Of course, the Dolphins, the bucks they've got a preseason game tonight. We kind of had a preseason show, although we were kind of in midseason form. First started off with the Joe Rose Show. Brian Monroe filling in for Joe Rose, but Zach Krantz still in the seat. They talked to ProFootball.com's Mike Florio about quarterbacks. And all ups or preseason stuff that seems to be happening. Next up, Stephen A. Smith show. Stephen A. Smith on the sidelines for Michael Eaves talking Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Sam Darnold. Then you just heard from the Dan Le show getting hot, cold, in and out. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, the Raiders. What more could you ask for? How about this? Dolphins, Bucks next right here on this fine radio station. We're going to be bringing you all the Canes games and all the Dolphins games this coming season. Pre-game, post-game, the whole game you want to download this podcast or any of the podcasts from any of the shows at this station go where you get your podcast for absolutely free or at our website wqam.com i will be back monday six o'clock for you know what the best of the joe show
2: later slug t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours